I'm Simon Marin, and welcome to the Mind Matters podcast series. This is episode four. Uh, this time I'm talking to a lady called Judith Hammond. Now, I've known Judith Hammond since about 2013. We were on the same NLP trainers course. Um, and in this conversation, Judith talks about uh, childhood abuse, and that's physical, uh, verbal, emotional, psychological abuse right across the board. Um how that changed, uh, created her conditioning of how she responded to events throughout life, and that led to how she responded to workplace bullying, um, and how she always managed to find her reserves so that she was always there and available for her own kids. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, I know for a fact you're going to get a lot from it. And yeah, now is the time to introduce Judith and listen to her story. First of all, thank you for agreeing to do this it's you know to get uh, the whole idea of this is to get as many different perspectives as possible so you know i've had it started off there was there was a guy stephen finlayson then the second one last week was tamsin astor uh later last week was mark monaghan that i just posted mm -hmm. today mm -hmm. and now you so it's kind of going guy girl guy girl <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you've got, you've, got to, you've got to keep it even, haven't you? Absolutely, try and keep the balance. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I appreciate because it, it, there's you know such varying stories, and the people I've got, you know, who kind of agreed and are kind of lined up. Some of the, you mm. know, such contrasting experiences, yet yeah. they're all so personal. That it's it's very subjective as to yeah. what's crap. <laughs> yeah. And obviously with your uh, experience with with you know being with through nlp etc you'll have a very different outlook on on your experience compared to somebody else would obviously but it, it, uh, you'll 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 appreciate the, the many levels of it so this is why i think yeah. it's fascinating to to have this conversation yeah and also with um with the experience and knowledge and everything else of NLP, um, also how even though at times, yes, you know the the best way to respond to something, um, sometimes the human reactive side of you just takes over, and yeah. you you thrash around like a, you know, somebody. Uh, flailing around on the top of a of a swimming pool, you know, who can't swim, and uh, and you and you lash out because you are all in all the one what 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 we all are is we are human, and yes, indeed, are, and we are so we are on so many different levels to being a human, per, you know, to being a human and how we respond to things and everything else. Um, I mean, I, just only the last few weeks, it's. But, you know, I've been tested <laughs> on one or two occasions, and um, but it, it's but it's just sort of shown me a how far I have come up this road of life, and and how much more better prepared or um, more um, I'm not responsible. But if in a situation, how I can actually go to the meta position. Okay. 
you know, and and look, even though I'm actually in a scenario, um, actually at the time I'm actually looking at it from a different perspective and thinking, right, you know, I've got like this other audio going on in my head thinking, right, I am not going to react to what's being said to me because I need to keep myself together and I need to keep myself calm and everything else and because I want to have a good outcome. But that was very different to me a, a, a good few years ago um, where I'd well, go back to when I used to work. Um, after I'd worked at the Suffolk County Council, we merged into another company and I was given the job of PA stroke secretary. And my then manager, who was like the one of the d directors of the of the company, um, obviously took a dislike to me, or felt threatened, or whatever was going on with her, and the bullying started. Also, very also very small. Yeah. And it just chips away and chips away and just chips away. And um, I'd done my NLP practitioner I'd won in 2011. I then did my NLP master in 2012. And I did my NLP, I think this is the correct sort of year anyway. I know there was one after another. And then I did my NLP trainers training, which is where we we met. Yes. And um, and my boss at the time knew I was really keen on this NLP and I was, you know, wanted to do classes within the company because it, it was adult education. So therefore we were putting classes on and if anything new, which was going to bring revenue in, it was all for it. And um, they'd also done NLP within the county council. But the bullying was just going, it was just relentless. But I, at the time, I wasn't aware of it. I knew I was changing. I'd also been bullied by a manager when I was within the Suffolk County Council. And um, he was a what they call a community manager who used to go out and um, organise courses and everything else or get the ideas for the courses. And I would book the rooms and all the other stuff. And... He's he was an ethnic minority, and he did not like women. And for two and a half years, I was practically ignored by him, even though we sat in the same room. He, okay. He wouldn't speak to me. I mean, we were sitting no more than ten feet away from each other, and um, I mean, we were probably five six feet away from each other. He wouldn't speak to me. He would send me an email. And anyway, this just went on and on and on. And it was just an awful atmosphere. The Suffolk County Council wouldn't say anything to him because they they knew what card he would raise. And um, anyway, it was just awful. I, I was starting to feel sick going into work and, and everything. But I just carried on and carried on until the end. He then... Uh, he put in a report against me saying that I'd come out with something, um, oh, God, uh, racially discriminating. And 
told me what I was supposed to have said. Anyway, this went all the way up through the chain of command and everything else, and I was an absolute wreck. I couldn't stop crying. I could barely eat. and But nobody offered me support or anything like that. Nothing at all? No. No. Not until it, I know, until it was all over, and then they said, we'll, you know, go for counselling. And, and that was bloody useless. The woman who, who I went and saw, um, she was about as useful as a bloody chocolate teapot. <laughs> um, you know, because I'd already done N two NLP courses by then. <coughs> and um, and I was actually doing myself more good by going talking to her because at the time I was thinking, well, I know what I should be doing. And this woman was just sitting there. She, I don't think she said more than 10 words in, the, in, in, in any of the sessions. And, um, and in the end, I just thought, well, this is an absolute waste of time. And it wasn't doing me any good. It was making me feel worse, actually, and um, to, to one degree. And anyway, um, I then signed up for my NLP trainer's training. And by which time my... Uh, then line manager or boss, whatever it is you want to call her, she was up in the bullying quite a lot by coming out with comments like, um, oh, you're wearing the trousers today. Um, or if I wore leggings, oh, we've told you you're not, you're, you're not supposed to be wearing leggings. And I said, but other people can. Yes, well, that's other people, Judy, but that's not you. You're my secretary. And I want you to look present it. And I'm, it was just like that kind of okay. attack, everything about me. Um, it, it, she even came out with negative comments about my hair and everything. And I, and you, you just take it on board. You, you don't at the time because I was, I was getting so far down on the old um, sort of belittling tree. I, I just kept questioning everything about myself and then I went for the NLP um trainers training and during that time those three weeks where I met you all you guys it was just absolutely brilliant and I was listening to everything you guys were saying and how you were talking and interacting and I just sat there and I started to get myself in not into a state, but my self-talk, that internal audio was going on, and I was convincing myself that there was no way I was going to pass the exam. I wasn't as intelligent as everybody else. Everybody else knew more than me. I didn't know anything. What was I doing there? And I just, you know, tried to keep positive as much as I could. And then we had the the first exam, the eight hour written exam, which I'm yeah, sure that was that was torture. It was, wasn't it? Because I know you came out, and I know you. I remember you saying that you would rather go back into the Marines and get shot at and stabbed at rather than do that fucking thing again. I think those those were your words. Pretty you much, know? I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, and I. I just kept looking at the questions and I knew damn well I hadn't done very well at all. <coughs> and I actually failed that one. I think I got 42% or 43% and you had to get 70. And then when we got the results of that, 
they put me into a room and I was I was just crying because I just thought I've wait I've remortgaged my house or I'd I'd have to remortgage my house to um to get the money together to to, to pay for the course and um and then I had we had was it a present I couldn't remember if it was a presentation or it was a presentation we had to do after we got the results and I was crying I was so upset I made a, a real mess of it and Jeremy said to me you know that wasn't a part and he said but you need to go back to your room and get ready for the rewrite something the, the presentation or whatever it was I said okay so I went back to my room and I just sobbed and I just cry. I absolutely I think I was probably wailing my head off and I just laid there and I thought you useless piece of shit who the fucking hell do you think you are you thought you could come along to this thing and pass your NLP trainers training and you look at the people that you know you because I know you've got your PhD and and um there was uh, Fred from Norway who thought super intelligent, so in tune with everything, and and I was just I thought you just way out your depth. You're never going to do it. You you know who the hell do you think you are? And and I was just really beating myself up. And and then I, I I spoke to my one of my closest friends, Vanessa, and she said to me, she said, you know, why are you saying what you're saying? And I said because it's true. And and I was I just couldn't stop crying and I think it was probably all the months of bullying and everything else which was like all coming out because I I think we, you and I we had a couple of chats at one night and and I was in a bit of a mess with you, you yeah <coughs> and um, and I just sat uh, I I was outside talking to my friend and I went indoors and I went back into my room and I looked at my blotchy stained face in the mirror <laughs> I looked at myself and I thought do you know what Judy you have as much right to be as anybody I'm getting all emotional now oh my god and um, and I thought you have as much right to be here as anybody you've done the courses you've passed your other courses and I thought do you know what girl you've really got to buck your ideas up and you've got to get out there and you've got to show everybody what you have got inside you and that you can do this. And I thought, you know, what is what is the point in me paying all these thousands of pounds to do this course if I'm going to allow myself to be browbeaten? Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I thought, this, you guys were so supportive. We lent on each other. We helped each other. And, and I thought, I can, I can do this. I thought, I can actually do this. And... I then got a phone call from Jeremy to say, because um, Craig had failed his, and he was going to rewrite the presentation or redo the presentation he'd just done so I could do the same. So I didn't need to, it was far better for us to do that because it was something we already knew. And then I resat the written exam on the uh, Friday morning. <laughs> Deep joy, yes. Yeah, and um, and I, I think I had a, I didn't have the whole eight hour when I had the, I think it's about three and a half, four hours, and um, and I got eight, I, I don't, I think I got eighty, was it eighty seven, eighty seven and a half percent in that one, B 
because I knew what, what, I don't know, I just found that reserve. I found what it was I needed. But I think what it was, but no, I don't know what it was. But when we did, when Craig unfortunately got kicked off the course. Yeah. And then we went back that afternoon and um, we had to go around each other. It was something that, um, oh gosh, what was Sally? Was it Sally? Sally, yes. Yeah. And she's and and um, Jeremy said that there was a um, because the atmosphere in the room was just dead. It was a flat pancake. And they said, "What what we're going to do? We're going to raise the energy in this room, and we're going to go around each 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 of us. We're going to go around everybody, you guys, and you're going to look at the person in their eye, and you're going to say three things that you admire or like about that person." I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it was the honesty that was coming out from people that um, resonated with me. And I thought, these people, they're, they're being honest. They're actually identifying things in each other. And in, you know, you, you, like, uh, which was good. And, and it, I don't know, it was like a magical moment. And I actually went round um, Steve, Jeremy, Sally and Julia and told them, and they said, oh, no, 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 you're not to do us. And I said, but you are part of the whole journey. So therefore, you guys need to be included. And it, it, there was something which switched in me on at that precise moment. I don't know what it was, but something turned inside me. And all of a sudden, I just thought, everything is going to be okay. But I don't know where I got it from. And I don't know what happened. It was like that breakthrough moment yeah and and every now and again when I need that breakthrough moment I find it and I don't know what it is I don't know what it is or where it comes from but I find it and even when I was it a couple of weeks ago I had enough I really had had enough um my car broke down and I don't, I have no money to, to get it repaired. I then came down with norovirus. I then got told I hadn't got a job in two weeks. And on the same night as that, that was on a Thursday, I, the people who are renting my house out, their caravan was on fire in the garden and Nobody told me apart from my neighbour who sent me the footage. So I went round to the house to see what was going on and the people who were renting the house were so verbally abusive towards me. And and I just thought, when is it all going to stop? You know, I thought, I, I felt like a suspension bridge, but the suspension was just going. And I just I thought, I'm going to collapse. I'm, I, I'm you know, I'm, I was so overwhelmed with everything. And I came back home and the following night on the Friday, I just absolutely just cried and sobbed. And I really wanted to speak to my sister. Obviously, I can't because she's dead. Um, 
and I, I you know when you just feel so alone yes I do yes and you feel as though even though you've got children you I don't know what I, I don't know what stops me from, I just didn't contact them and I just cried and cried and and then the following day I just walked around it felt like a hangover all day and I and then I just thought right okay you've had your x amount of hours and you've wallowed in your self-pity you've had a good bath in it and a shower and a hair wash and you've used you know you self-pity lather and I thought you've come on Judith you've just got to buck your idea you've got to you know get back on that seat, get back on that stun and and just keep going. And and I and I did, but I don't know I don't know how I do it. Oops, sorry, can I it's all right, my dog. I've got my little dog on my knee. Look, here you go, Lou. Uh, my little baby Cleo. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, she's the love of my life. She is the absolute love of my life. And um no, they keep me going, don't they? They're just unconditional. Do you know what, Simon? Yeah, absolutely, and that's what it is. It doesn't matter how many times I kiss her and cuddle her and whatever. She doesn't say, bugger off, leave me alone or anything like that. She just laps it up. <laughs> and um, I mean, I don't know if, any, if, if what I'm saying is making any sense or if it's... Yeah, it does. You know, and, and it's like... I mean, I, 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 I could, I'm going to probably start flitting from one thing to another because I've got, there's lots of things that have happened. I mean, I met somebody um, and then moved in with him and then moved out again because <laughs> he was just a lecherous git um, and especially where my daughter was concerned um, and I just thought, no, that's not good. That's not that's right. Not, no, that's not good. No. And... Um, but he kept he made himself the victim and and everything else and i'd look at him and i was counseling him a lot of the time i was having to use my nlp and he kept putting all, so much pressure on me and everything else and i thought i can't do this I, I, you know it was just where he was making me ill yeah there's more to look like, yeah and it's like with um when i was working with sally who was bullying me um she bullied me so much I couldn't do my job and she and they fired me. They sacked me because I was in such a mess. I only had to hear her voice and hear her footsteps coming up the corridor and I'd start shaking. And I'd be driving to work and I'd get to the roundabout before work and I'd be in tears. And I just I I was just a wreck. And I couldn't do anything. And I think I actually stopped functioning. Yes. Yeah. And I just thought for another human to make another human get to the, or, you know, to attack the vulnerability of that person is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, it, it is. And unfortunately, it's, it's, surprisingly common it is mm. people i mean I, I still struggle to get my head around it in in the you know in the military to get promotion you have to 
Well, generally, you have to, it's like another service, but in, in the Royal Marines, you have to, you put yourself forward for promotion because you want mm. to do it. And mm. then you get extensive training with mm. more than, <laughs> more than uh, anyone would want of key tests that you have to pass. Otherwise, you fail the course and you get sent back to your unit. Yeah. So it, it, it takes a long time and there's a lot of work. Mm. And you have to, and you, you taught how to how to to manage people, how to create a team, how to develop a team, how to manage the team. And in the civvy world, that doesn't happen as much as it needs to. No. So people get put in these positions and don't know what to do with it. Well, my my current line manager has not actually come up with the words of I'm sorry Judy but at the end of March you haven't got a job and she said um, I was asking her about it and she said hasn't Andrew mentioned it to you we've lost sound again oh is that better yeah, it cut out there. Okay, sorry. Um, no, no, it's not your fault. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought, that, what am I saying sorry for? I didn't do oh, anything. No. And, uh, and, uh, and on the bottom of the email, all it said was, there is still no movement at the end of March. And I said, but that was very ambiguous. And I said, and it's not Andrew's position because he's the laboratory manager, he's not my line manager, so it's, you, it's up to you. I said, so have I, or have I not, got a job at the end of March? She said, well, there is no money in the pot. I said, so what are you saying? And she still didn't come out with it. And, you know, and, and then I said, well, it's a good job, I've got my, I'm putting my house on the market. She said, oh, are you selling your house? I said, well, I'm gonna have to now if I haven't got a job. Oh, that's right. Just make me out to be the big bad bear. And I said, well, I'm not. She said, well, you've just told me you're selling your house because you haven't got a job. I said, no, that's not what I said. I said, what I said was, it's a good job my house is on the market if I haven't got a job. Um, my house is on the market if I haven't got a job at the end of the month. And she said, well, she said, you're pointing the finger at me. You're making me, you know, making me out to be the wrong one. And I said, not at all. I said... Um, I said, but I said, you're getting yourself into a bit of a state. I said, so I think let's get back in the room. Let's get back into a, on a level playing field. I said, and let's just like, you know, change the conversation. So, because I really, I'm trying to find where this conversation is going. I said, and how come it started and you're getting yourself into a bit of a tiss was. So I said, shall we just go back into the playing field and start again, shall we? I said, and shall we just change the conversation? And I looked at her and I thought, you are my line manager and you have just turned yourself into the victim. And I just could not believe what she was saying. Clearly didn't want to take responsibility for saying what had to be said. For sort of everybody else. And, and I looked at her and I just thought, because she, she will often say... Um, Oh, I said, um, oh, whatever to Laura, her her manager. But she 
doesn't actually give you the correct tone and emphasis on certain words that she has used. Okay. Is it a total different um, meaning and understanding to other people? So what sort of things was she saying? Um, oh, there was... Apparently, my voicemail on my, mo on my phone at work um, wasn't advertising uh, Public Health England, right? It didn't say my name, uh, this is uh, Public Health England, Judith Hammond, microbiology, blah, blah, blah. It didn't say any of that. It just said Ipswich Hospital because it is Ipswich Hospital. And um, that was in the, the conversation between the line manager and her line manager. And um, and her tone voice was very soft and, oh, no, that's fine. No, I'll have a, I'll have a word. Oh, you know, she, oh, well, she, she probably wasn't aware and this, that and the other. Put the phone down and then she turned around to me and said, oh, um, Laura's not happy because you've got, you haven't got Ipswich, uh, you haven't got PHE, Public Health England, on your um voicemail for your mailbox and I said oh really she said no and um I said oh I said well, why didn't she mention it to me she said well she mentioned she mentioned it to me she said but don't worry I put her in her place and I just told her it was oh it was probably an oversight on your part and you didn't even know about it and I thought no that's not what you just said I listened to the bloody conversation <laughs> and I just thought you were a lying sheep bag you know <laughs> <laughs> And I just thought, how, you know, what is going through? What is she running? What program is, is, is she running with? You know? Yeah. So, so much ambiguity. And leaving people to second guess. And that is, I find, very, very... It's... It is. When people use it in that way, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I mean, there's, there's lots of stories I can tell. I mean, it's, you know, maybe looking back over life, I think one of the hardest things I ever, ever had to come to terms with was when my mother actually sat in front of me and told me she didn't love me. Wow. And I was in front of her crying and I said, but I, I want mum, I said, I just need you to show me that you love me. She said, I can't because I don't love you and I never will. And I carried that around, that suitcase around for such a long time. How and old were you? As about eighteen. Okay. And that would probably explain why I used to get all the beatings off her of that I used to get, and she used to throw things at me and threaten to kill me and all sorts of lovely, wonderful things like that. And um, what the mother does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it wasn't until I did my first NLP practitioner course, and they said, uh, Steve. Payne said they were looking to do um, uh, a timeline 
and they were looking for something specific. And he said, have anybody ever felt like a square peg in a round hole? And I thought, I've actually felt like that all my life. As though you just don't belong anywhere. You don't fit in anywhere because you're slightly different to other people. But you're not different as in odd, weird, strange. You just you just don't connect with the people around you. Yeah. And um, and I said, so I explained everything. Well, you know, sort of said, yeah, I felt like that most of my life. And um, anyway, we he sort of asked a few more questions, as you do. And he said, right, so would you want to do the timeline? And I said, yes, I would. And he took me right back to when I was a child, which is a lot of when these things start to kick in or the incident or scenario happens <coughs> and, um, and I was must have been about five or six and that's when I felt that my mother didn't love me that's when I realized that she didn't really love me and that's when um, I started not started but I just noticed it was different and I probably started to beat myself up because she. Um, I remember taking homework from junior school home and I got something wrong and she just called me so stupid. She said, how could you be so stupid? And, um, and she just was like berating me verbally. And it wasn't until I went on that timeline and I realised that I actually felt very sorry for her. And I'd allowed this woman to destroy me. Okay. Destroy my self-belief in myself. And going back to the NLP on the trainer's training, and that resurfaced over those um, over the exam those two exams. Yeah. And I let it and I let it um, consume me. Okay. And, and it's you, you obviously now using the NLP techniques that we have been taught and, and given the skills we've got and things we've actually developed within ourselves because we've all got the resources we need. Um, and I use these quite regularly to identify what's going on. So sometimes I feel as though I've got a bit like a split personality going on. <laughs> 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 but in a very I hope say normal way um I'm sort of like I might be falling to pieces in one way but at the same time in my head I'm running another program thinking right okay how am I going to deal with this you know um like when I was uh having a bit of a meltdown the other week I thought right you know you you need to get this out your system Judy because you're overflowing with emotion you're overflowing with stress and everything else so you know, do your crying and everything else that you've got to do. Have you bought, have a half bottle of wine, you know, make it worse and give yourself a bloody thick head in the morning and everything. And then you can then start to get sort yourself out and let's look at it in a different light. So I allowed myself to do what I felt I needed to do to get rid of the top layer. Okay. And And then I started to re-examine certain things and I started to re-examine myself and after sort of the meltdown sort of pieced myself back together again 
slowly but surely. Yeah. Because I've just... done a damn fine job too. Well, I mean, it's like I said to Marianne when, oh God, when she was having her victim moment, God, I so wanted to freaking slap her. I really did. Yeah. I really wanted. I really wanted to slap her, and or just go douche, you know, just ooh, tuck her one. And um, and I looked at her and I thought, you pathetic person, grow some balls. And <laughs> but I did say to her, I said, look, Marianne, I said I could lay down on the floor and wail and whimper. I said and. It's not going to make me feel any better. So in fact, it would make me feel ten times worse. And I don't want to have that feeling circulating in my body because I don't like it. No. So I said I'm looking at it in a very, um, in a very sort of positive way and thinking, well, okay, I'll have to see what's out there. But I said at the same time, I'm putting things in place to help eliminate my stress levels going through the roof. I said, I've got a house I can sell. Yep. I said, so sell my house. I buy one outright for cash. I said, so I won't have a mortgage. So I'll only have the utility bill. So I said, I'm looking at how I can reduce things. I said, but I'm doing that in a very, very logical, very level-headed way. Yeah. And at the time, everything was level. Everything was logical. And I was being very calm and everything else and rational. It wasn't until the fire of the caravan, and I had the verbal abuse of the, um, the tenants in my house. Then I had my meltdown. But then I sat there and I thought, well, I actually, I bloody well deserve this, so I'm going to enjoy it. Well, there's a time and a place for everything. Well, yeah, and I thought to myself, well, you, you know, I've, I've probably, over the years, Simon, I've probably expected far too much from myself. How do you mean? Um, I suppose being with bringing the two girls upon my own most of the time. Okay. And dealing with my youngest daughter and everything that she's put me through. I mean, she's pushed every single bloody button you could imagine. Um, but I've tried to deal with her calm and not react because with her, with my youngest one to react with her would be the wrong thing to do because she's she's clearly got mental health issues depression anxiety and things like that so you you know I've had to I've really had to control myself as in not get emotional with her and try and keep things calm and I mean some of the things she's said about me has been absolutely unbelievable and how she's treated me and everything else and you, you know when, I, when we started the conversation or started my my talk, <laughs> um, my story, um, and I said, when I look back at, at my part, my life, of my path life, and I look at how far I've come to where I am today and how I deal with things, I'm thinking, my God, you know what? I deserve a golden hat because I think I've done bloody well. And yes, I and I give myself credit for things that I do well now. You know, because we... Well, that's, that's hugely important. I believe a lot of the time we are not kind to ourselves. We're kind to other people, mm -hmm. but we're not kind to ourselves. 
and we don't say nice things to ourselves and we are we're, um i mean it's not everybody there are some people out there who who are really kind to themselves and they've got it off to an absolute fine art and you know i'm i'm impressed with them and i think well well done you but it's taken me probably the best part of 60 years to realize that you know it's it's right and it's it's good to be good kind to yourself yeah it is i mean i'm i'm it's, i mean it is without a shadow of a doubt it's a massively important piece that gets overlooked and um it's underused mm. look i'm just looking back i'm, I'm writing a few things down as uh, as the conversation's gone along and i'm with your kind of childhood experiences, mm-hmm. how much of an influence has that had in your ability to? I mean, it's obviously you. It's kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I think from an outside perspective on this, mm. that helped you because obviously you're clearly still here. <laughs> you survived. Yeah. You thrived, and mm. you developed an awful lot of resiliency from that is what kind of stands out for me. Mm. And I'm not surprised you kind of were interested in NLP because of it's attractive to, when you find out about it, mm. to want to know more because of what you've experienced and how you can, you know, what can I use? as How can I, you know, strengthen my shield? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I'm just, how much of an influence has that had on your childhood stuff? in terms of your search for NLP and kind of how resilient you are now, even though you don't know yet what it is that you do when you get to that tipping point. Because you, you say you always find the reserves from somewhere, but you're not quite sure where or how or what. Yeah, I mean, just listening to you talk... Um, and sort of saying things back to me, Simon, um, saying that I'm still here. Yeah, I am. Um, there was one, two incidents I can, which I will mention, where I had a whole load of tablets lined up and I was going to just do the lot. Okay. And I didn't. Um and then another night, um, I'd got a knife and I was actually pressing it against my stomach. And I didn't break the skin. I didn't, I didn't cut myself. But I actually phoned a friend to come to, to, because I was so scared and I was so afraid and I was so lonely. And I was hurting so much. I had so much pain on the inside to me, to just stab myself was to feel the knife actually going into the flesh sort of was like a bit of relief. Yeah. And I and I got really, really scared. And my friend came round, she was about 10 o'clock at night, and she stayed with me till about four o'clock. And I, I think I just cried the whole the whole the whole night. And um what it was with the tablets, what stopped me was I actually thought of my children and I thought, how would they cope if they came in and found me dead in bed? 
Yeah. And I thought, and at that moment, and it's no word of a lie, it's my hand on my heart, and I just thought, what a selfish cow I was to do that. And I was only thinking of myself. And I, and I, I hated myself for it. And I absolutely, I, I mean, it was months, months and months before I could even begin to consider myself a, a mum again because of what I was prepared to do. Yeah. And, you know, ruin my children's lives because that's what would have happened. I would have ruined their lives. And I thought my mother ruined a lot of my childhood and a lot of my self-belief. And I thought, I am not going to do that to my children. Yeah. And when that result, you know, when, I, when you um, just mentioned what it is I do, which helps me, I just find that reserve from somewhere. And I... I seem to, when I'm thinking about it, I sort of go numb and it's as though I'm emotionally and mentally and physically detached from it, but I'm doing it right. Like um, when the chat was around my house the other week, um, valuing the house and uh, Dan was having a, another blitz at me. <laughs> And I, I just stood there and, and I just spoke to him and it was as though it wasn't me, but it wasn't okay. me. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, what it, what it sounds like to me is that there's a certain level of shit you can take <laughs> <laughs> where you kind of, you, it's, it's, it's almost like having an out-of-body experience. Exactly. Your, your body's on autopilot and you're kind of watching it from a, yeah. you know, a, a different perspective, kind of looking down at yourself going, well, that's shit. <laughs> Try this. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy was, I mean, Dan was really going at it, uh, at me and, and the man with the, uh, from the estate agents, he said, um, I'll speak to you, I'll, I'll get back to you on Monday or Tuesday. I'll say, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And um, he said, I, I won't interrupt. And I said, no, that's absolutely fine. That's not a problem. And when he phoned me back to, to give me the value of the house and everything, and he said, well, that was an interesting situation, wasn't it, on Friday? And I said, yeah, it was slightly. He said, I thought you handled it remarkably well. He said, you were so calm. And I said, well, sometimes you've just got to let the other person let off their steam. Yeah. You know, don't say much, don't antagonise, don't aggravate, just stand there. And Because I actually probably don't hear what they're saying. I just look at the person's mouth moving and their arms flapping around like a demented chicken. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just observe. I don't hear, I just observe. And then when I see their body language quietening down, then I will start to speak and I will just speak very slowly and very calmly, as we've been taught in NLP. And I find that that works. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's not a, not an easy situation. He's probably pretty stressed and flapping about the fact that his caravan's on fire. Yeah. Doesn't excuse 
the behavior, but then, you know, as, as the saying goes, you can only do the best you can with what you've got. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you do, you deal, um, what is it in NLP? What do they say? We all have the resources. Um, we've all got the resources within ourselves to achieve what we need to achieve. Um, but in a situation you own, you deal, you deal with it the best way you can at that time. I can't remember the actual saying. I was really jarring me off. I, I found my book, but I will have a look. And I will find it. <laughs> I, that's gonna, you're going to find your book, aren't you? And you're going to have a bloody look now. I am. I'm going to cheat. Go on, then. <laughs> I've got to find the bloody book first. <laughs> but there's something about... Um, you, you, deal, you deal with something with with what you've got on, on hand at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm trying Yes. People have all the resources that they need to make the changes they want. There are no yep. unresourceful people, just unresourceful states. Yep. Yep. It is true. Mm. Yeah, people, people only do the best they can with the resources they believe they have available. That's it, that's the one. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. present behaviour is the best choice available and has a positive intent for them. Mm. So as you did, accept the person, support a system to change their behaviour. Mm. As you did. Mm. So. And it's, it, it, I, I mean, I use NLP near enough every single day. Yeah. Which, you know, you know yourself, Simon, probably most people possibly do but they don't realize they're doing it well yeah i mean because at the end of the day it's it's oh we've lost sound again on your half is that it got it uh, you're back again now yeah. why it keeps doing that but there we go i don't know it's still there yep okay but um but yeah i mean is is that the sort of thing that you were sort of looking for? For yeah, it's 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 about people's to keep it simple, people's shit life experiences, how they've dealt with it at the time, and on reflection, what have they learned from it mm. and taken from it to make themselves to become more resourceful and more resilient. Mm. Because you know, as you know, life is life is full of twists and turns and ups and downs, and yeah. you know, sure as shit, something's going to go wrong again. And what can you take from that? What have you modelled from that? If you want to be NLP, what have you modelled from yourself and perhaps other people in that situation that you can use to better respond to something crappy happening again in the future? Mm. Which is what I've taken loads of stuff out of this conversation. It's been brilliant. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've been, I've been burgled. I've been burgled. Um, I've been raped. Um, I've been cheated on. I've been lied to. Um, and it's with regards lying and cheating, my wall is probably so 
firmly fixed around me and so high, a flea's fart wouldn't get through. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so, yes. Yeah. Um, and what have I taken from life in general? Um, one thing I don't try to do is become the victim because that just compounds everything. And I, I, it's not healthy. It's very limiting. It is very limiting. And if I feel like being woe is me, I will be woe is me. (laughs) However, I will do it for a very limited time. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes there's, it's good to, to, to have a, a period of, oh, woe is me and everything's a fucking conspiracy against me and yeah, the world's got it in for me. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, oh, I, I also ask the universe to help me. Yeah. And, as you know, um, when was it? A couple of years ago, I my car was knackered, and it, I knew it wouldn't pass the MOT. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, Cleo. Did I wake you up? I do apologise. <laughs> Woke the dog up, and um, <laughs> I did. She, I've gone back to sleep now. And I was, I sat on my bed, cross-legged, and I just said, "Do you know what?" I looked upstairs to the heavens, and I said, "You've got my whole bloody family." So with all that lot up there, can they not sort it out between them all to to sort me out a bloody car? I said, because I need a car. Two days later, I know somebody um, was selling their car on Facebook. And they said, does anybody out there want this beauty? 850 quid. So I sent him a message. I said, Russell, I'd love to buy your your car. I said, but my pot hasn't got a penny in it. And he then phoned me up and he said, you know what? He said, you know what, babe? He He said, it's yours. He said, you can have it 500 quid. He said, £50 a month. I went, you're joking? He went, nope. He said, it's yours. And um, I actually got it for 450 in the end. <laughs> Excellent deal. So, yeah. And I thought, bloody hell. And, and I thought, because I asked for help, I needed help, I asked for help. I didn't get what I wanted because a, a Ferrari was perhaps a little bit of a tall order. But I got a nice car, Mondeo, and it was... It was nice, and it was absolutely wonderful. It was perfect. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I, I do ask for help. I do ask for help, and, and I always get what I need. And because there are bigger things out there, than, you know, and sometimes we need, if we need help, we need to ask for it. Yeah, there's no, there's no arguing that. If you... Um... No. It is strange that, you know, having experienced similar things in terms of, you know, when you really need something, need a bit of mm. bit of a leg up, something happens. So, it, <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm. It's kind of strange how that works. Yeah. I mean, regarding sort of NLP and, and everything else and when things are a little bit pants and they're difficult, I... I now I 
usually, I'm not going to say always because that's a generalisation, but I would say nine nine times out of ten, I will say, right, I will look at myself and go, right, okay, what's the way to deal with this? Look at what options have you got in front of you to deal with this and which yeah. for you is the best way to deal with it. And it's like when I'm dealing with my daughter, my eldest daughter who's married with children and her husband and if they're, they're talking about things that are going on and everything else and there'll be a problem, I never, ever tell them what to do, ever. I always lay out the options and help them because I said to them, I said, you know, if I said, oh, you should do this, you should do that, I said, that's me. That might be how I would do it, but you are different. Yeah. I said, but you need to look at how what's available for you in front of you. I said, and then make a judgment and then make a choice. I said, but then forward think everything. Look at how, you know, well, if you did this and did that, what was the, what would be the likely outcome? And is it an outcome that you want? If it isn't, then go back and have a look at another option. You know, and I, um, in the past, I used to react quite impulsively and maybe even a little bit hot-headed, hot-headed-id, id, id. Anyway, that that one. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, but now I, I, I try not, I will not react if I can help it. Apart from on the night of the fire of the caravan, I reacted because I was really quite stressed and I still wasn't well and and there was lots of other things going on. And I just sat there and I thought, oh, fuck it. And I just reacted. Yeah. And then then looking back after, I thought, you stupid cow, why did you do that? I thought, right, okay, next time. You won't do that, will you, Judith? No, you won't. Why won't you, Judith? Because it was a stupid thing to do. So rather than have the internal dialogue go on, I actually have a, a very loud vocal conversation with myself. And which, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. wrong with of out loud talking to yourself. No. And when you said, you know, have, have I um, helped other people maybe with some of the things I've been through and my reactions and what have you. Um, yes, I do. I mean, my office at work has been like a counselling room a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my managers, um, Donald, he's, he's um, Scottish and he's quite fiery at times. And when I, because I, because I, uh, I leave there next week, and I was chatting to him the other day, and uh, he actually said to me, he said, you've actually brought a lot of calm into this department. And I said, have I? And he said, yes, you have. I went, wow. And I thought, my God, we don't realise the impact we have on those around us. No, one way or another. We all have an impact, don't we? Yeah, we do. And we aren't aware a lot of the time. Now, whether that is just a human thing or not, I don't know. Um, 
Well, I think just some people are more aware of it than others. Mm. And um, my other manager, Andrew, said that my office has probably been the council. He said, he said you've counselled near enough everybody in the department. And I thought, well, yeah, I have, really. It's... Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I struggle to sort of identify what I have done because I probably don't take notice of what I do do with other people because I'm just sort of just me just doing what I do yeah because it because it comes naturally does that make which I suppose yeah, yeah. What, well, it's, what, it's, you, what you do as well Simon isn't it second nature isn't it so you don't have to think about it that's the beauty of it yeah So here's here's a here's a question for you. Go on then. To, to kind of bring things to to a conclusion. In what would be your top tips for? Because you've had quite a few experiences in your life that you wouldn't want to repeat. Obviously, if we no. just kind of wrap it all together what what it for people who are going through at the moment or you know things are just starting for them in terms of a really for, for highly stressful highly emotional and negatively stressful situations what's your top tips for helping them to to to, to get through it and come out stronger from your experience what's your advice my experience, my advice, um, or my advice from my experiences, um, it's absolutely fine to allow yourself to wallow in self-pity because when you go through stress, you do wallow in your own self-pity. Yeah. You know, and it's absolutely fine to do that. But give it a time limit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, don't don't make it a suitcase which you drag around with you every day. You, if you be aware, be more self-aware of how you are feeling. And that's one thing um, that I've I've I do do is. When things are getting to, I thought, right, okay, I'm now feeling like this, and I really l look inside myself to how I am feeling and um, and what is going on and how it's making me feel. And I don't, if I don't want to feel like that, I think, right, okay, well, it's up to me now not to feel like that. So what do I need to do? And be strong with yourself. Yeah. However, sometimes when you're going through the very highly emotive, highly stressful, it's very difficult to be like that. It's very difficult to be strong with yourself because sometimes you can get carried away. You just get, you just go with it, and yes. and you end up being battered around like um, an aeroplane in a storm. So how how? How can people develop that strength to kind of not control themselves, but to steer themselves in a in a more productive direction? How? 
I've, me personally, um, what has helped me is, um, for instance, I, years separated from my husband, um, he had the girls one weekend and he was late and we were down there at the caravan waiting for him to pick them up and and he turned up and I said, oh, I said, I suppose you were with Jane. And he said, uh, he said, it's got nothing to do with you. And I said, yes, it has. I said, because these girls have been waiting for you. And I got really upset. And he went off with the girls as happy as Larry. The girls were happy. And I was really wound up. And I stood there. I sat there for about two hours later. I was still het up. And I thought, do you know what? He has actually gone off with the girls and they're having fun. And they probably haven't even thought about me. And I have sat here for two and a half hours stewing about it, think, making all kinds of effigies in my head, sticking pins in it because of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I thought, I've wasted all that energy. Because when you are in that much of a state, you're angry, you're frustrated, you have got energy. And yeah. I thought... And I and I felt dreadful. I was quite emotional and everything else. And I thought, I am not doing this anymore. I can't do that because I'm sort of. It's going to ruin the rest of my day. And it it's yes, it's being strong with yourself, but it's it's also looking at yourself from like the meta position, thinking, you know, do you want to carry on being like that? Yeah. You know, have a, I, I would, even now, I, I don't write them out, but I think them out in my head. I will okay. ask myself questions, you know, do I want to carry on in this frame of mind? Yeah, because it's a choice, isn't it? It is a choice. And if the answer is no, right, okay, what are you, me, going to do about it? to change it what do you have to do you know what is it what's yourself got to do to eliminate what it or you know to even not you might not eliminate it but you can lessen the impact you're having on yourself yes and what is it that that yourself has to do and it, it it's you're re-educating yourself. And some people will find it easy, but some people won't. And yep. even, even those who find it harder, they will still get there. And just by believing in themselves and actually accepting the fact that these things will work because it's given them control back of controlling themselves that's a big thing for a lot of people isn't it is it is to, to, even if just even having whether it's a real or not just to have a a feeling of some form of control yeah because they may have been for the last goodness knows how long it might be days weeks months felt as though they've been controlled by an external entity. Yeah. You know, and 
and then all of a sudden to have that control for themselves, that can be bloody scary, Simon. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And sometimes you've got to help guide that person to that point where they actually feel comfortable controlling themselves. And it's not, it's not arrogance. It's not selfishness. It's self-care. It's having that care for yourself. Yeah. And enough, and enough self-care to want to be able to improve on where they are at that time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. And I think that is what I have given to myself. Well, that's a pretty fantastic gift to give yourself. Even to the point of sitting on the sea, on the beach a couple of years ago and just watching the sunrise come up, there was nobody else around. I just sat on the beach and I saw the sun come up and I actually gave blessings to the universe for giving me the opportunity to witness such a spectacle. And I walked away and I was so emotional just seeing the beautiful sunrise. And every now and again, if I get a bit of a crappy day or whatever's going on, I actually revisit that, that moment in time. Yeah. And that's one thing I've, I've actually suggested to people they have moments in their life what they want to go back to and hold on to them because that that is could be their little safety pocket yeah absolutely and it's you know it's important to find these little nuggets it, of it, happiness it, that you can go back to yeah yeah i mean when was it um I put a, pic, a picture upon Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago and it was of, of Cleo looking out to sea and the sun was going down. Yeah. And it's such a lovely picture. And and I look at and I, I just looked at her and I thought, wow, that is just a beautiful moment. And it was a beautiful, beautiful, priceless moment. And I took a photograph of it and I put it on Facebook and every now and again... I actually go out and have a look at it because I think to myself, I love that moment. And as soon and those those are the times when you re, when you if you've got that moment, you go back, you evoke those emotional responses again. Yeah. And that that can be cleansing, and that can help over override anything negative at the time. Yeah. Or or it can dilute it. And again, that's a choice, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's the beauty of every, with all of this. We have we have a choice in everything that we do. Every mm. day. We don't have yeah. a choice in what happens to us all the time, but in how we respond to it, absolutely, 100%. It is. It's, it's all down to how we respond. And um, it's one thing, a couple of things I say to my daughters, I'll say, don't be reactive, be proactive. Yeah. You know, and I, and uh, sometimes my daughter will go on and I'll say, and it's not always about you. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's about the other person. Yeah. And because you don't know what path they've, you don't know what um, road they've walked up that day. You don't know what's happened to them five minutes before you they met you and, and mouthed off or or did whatever. You know, 
And sometimes you just got to remove yourself from that situation and look at it as a as a from a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's you know, it's not only showing compassion for yourself in times of stress; it's showing compassion for somebody that probably may have just pissed you off, mm. but maybe just having as shit a day as you. Yeah. I remember, I remember having a conversation with somebody from um, the gas uh, national grid or whatever it was, I don't know. Anyway, they'd whacked 700 quid out of my bank. And I didn't know until I went and I found out. And anyway, the girl I spoke to very quickly said, oh, well, you know, it, 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 was, it was just a mistake. And I said, it was just <laughs> a mistake. I said, can I just let you know, young lady? I said, for all you know, I said, I might have had a um, a, a dicky heart. I might have been, had a heart attack. I said, that kind of impact could have given me a heart attack and killed me. Yeah. I said, don't ever, ever say it's just a mistake. I said, because there's no such thing as just a mistake. I said, that, that could actually end someone's life. And she said, oh, I'd never thought about that before. I said, no, I said, don't forget it. <laughs> Because I was a bit annoyed with her. Well, that's, and I, that's, that's the course. thing. You've got to learn from lessons. Mm. Mm. So I don't know if anything we've said tonight has been of any help or any use. Yes, it has. It's been a lovely journey. I've, uh, you know, as with the other three conversations I've had with people, it's been enlightening for me I'm sure it will be for people that listen to this and there's so much to take from it and thank you for taking the time for being a willing victim <laughs> and uh, for for sharing your your experience was, and your advice you, no thank you Simon giving me the opportunity no it's because, been really cool because it it does make you think and like I said, you know, I stand at the top of my path now and I look back and I think I'm really pleased and proud of where I am and what I've overcome and how I've kept myself together in times of stresses. And I think, yeah, you know what, I've not done such a bad job after all. Absolutely, no. And you, you should be rightly proud. So thank you to Judith for her extreme honesty and openness uh, everyone has been exactly the same throughout this series so far and it's it's hugely appreciated because not only do I learn from it but everybody who listens to this will take something of value from them and it's a very individual experience in terms of what you learn and you take from other people's experiences um, so even listening to it a couple of times you'll pick up something new every time you listen to it and by all means if you want to email me uh, and give me a shout and ask questions or advice or steer in direction of something you, you know resources that you might need just uh, email me at simon at simonmarion.com and uh, I will be happy to help in any way I can in steering you in the direction of what you need so take care and have a great day thanks a lot